In times like these, being a citizen is a big job. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the virtues of self-rule and debate the state of our republic. Welcome to the Citizen's Prerogative Podcast. This is the voice of your nerdy host, Michael Piscatelli, and we are blessed with a co-host whose passion for our republic precedes him everywhere he goes, Raymond Wong Jr. Thank you, thank you. My coffee does not have enough creamer. (laughs) You need to get that fixed. Uh, This is episode 16, and we are in our second season, and today we've got a couple of topics off the cuff to talk about. Um, Ray and I are slowly but surely moving away from too much structure, too much structure, <laughs> but we're not going to be quite as loose and candid as behind the scenes. At least that's the hope. Um, but uh, I'll say back by popular demand, today's topics, da, 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 we're going to be talking a little bit about freedom from ignorance. I almost said education, but if for anybody who listened to season one, um, you know, we explained that education is not about learning. So we're not talking about education. We're talking about learning. We're talking about really teaching and learning and, and humans developing brains that are capable to the fullest of their potential. And uh, we'll also reflect a little bit on, as we usually do, some historical perspective, but this one has a specific focus around Black History Month. So without further ado, I think we'll just kick it off there. Speaking of, Ray, Black History Month, I think it's great. You know, we, you and I both think that's great. You know, we want to we wanna celebrate Black History, but um, one month out of the year just doesn't do it, right? Like Black History is American history. So just like hungry people who homeless hungry people are homeless and hungry every day not just around the holidays you know we need to embrace all of these things all the time these are all part of life and society and especially big history it's so frustrating different people get different books or different courses and you know there's this group of people and that group of people and their history and that history and at the end of the day it's it's all one history all these people actually lived together on the same planet in the same country around the same times um and the way things are written and whatnot you know they you don't get that you don't get that sense of integration or even melting pot or melting stew I think that's the goal, right? It says we we spoke about this a lot before we did the episode. We spoke about this a couple of days. And I thought it was strange. The emotion for me when I thought, oh, yeah, it's Black History Month. That's important. I felt like we had already spoken so much that every day or every episode with us is Black History Month because that's America. Uh, we were built on the foundation of of the slaves and and we've acknowledged that from the beginning i think episode one actually i think you have to pull us you know you have to literally pull us from the slavery conversation because we're extremely passionate about what the united states is and and what we've done and, and who we want to be and that's really a big focus for us so um we want to of course nod um, and, and of course, acknowledge uh, the, the, the Black History Month, but also say we expect that we're doing a great job acknowledging Blacks consistently and that you keep us to it, that we shouldn't, we're not going to be overly focused this month on a topic because frankly, um, it's at the cornerstone of everything we are. America means we discuss everything, white, brown, Black, gray. It, it doesn't matter. I feel like we do the spectrum. So we will count on everyone to kind of lean in and say, no, you really should do a dedicated episode X, Y, Z. Um, or do you consistently talk about everything? And that's where we want to hear from you. Did we miss something? So again, acutely in regards to Black History Month, the acknowledgement, the the appreciation, and, and, the, and we know that that exists as a month because awareness is needed for the American people. So we're not going to disregard that, but I'd like to think we focus on educating consistently and constantly. Amen. (laughs) Actually, I was talking to Serge, my husband about it earlier too. And I was laughing. I said, I know, I know because black history month isn't for black people. (laughs) They know their history painfully well. Oh boy. Uh, it's the rest of us who need to get caught up, need to get up to speed and 
And, it, you know, we have a long history in this country, and many of us are coming from a very ignorant place, especially if you relied on our system to teach you anything. So you need to do it yourself. And we're going to keep coming back to that. I think the rest right. of this episode is going to be... <laughs> enlightenment it's the media it's the media in some fashion good or bad is responsible for um providing that insight and and we're taking that that chance michael and myself are are diving into this and trying to educate and we're trying to free people from that from that ignorance that may be out there not saying that you're ignorant but saying that the system is trying to keep you purposefully ignorant um child labor is a great example of something that was allowed to exist for many many years until somebody went into the factories and took pictures and not by approval with management by the way they would have to wait in the evenings and take pictures when they went in or left in the evenings or went in in the early mornings they would have to kind of get those one-off pictures in the factories they could chance uh but they were able to expose children working in machinery. And when you saw the gravitas, and that's the same thing that's here, we want to talk about the facts because nobody wants to. Everybody wants to glaze over what's really going on. And that's that there's a lot of lying, not a lot of accountability. Um, but the, the accountability is where, frankly, the, 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 it's where everyone's going to be shocked. And what a lot of bad, people don't want to hear the bad news. Um, but the bad news is, is that you've been fed a, a lot of lies and it's through our education system is where it started. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that for sure. So this interesting thing about history, we, we're gonna come back to education too, um, but history and needing to have a Black History Month and, and trying to make sure things get out there. I thought about this in a different way for the first time because I've been studying or learning a little bit more about like cognitive behavioral therapy, and things of that nature. And, and in that study, there's this thing that people do um, called avoidance. Um, and I think, I think as a society, um, we have spent so many generations operating on an avoidance model around the truth of so many things that we get so confused now. Ray and I were talking about an interaction on Facebook that had happened mm -hmm. some time ago, and just trying to put ourselves in the in the shoes and the mind of this individual who is like is is susceptible to logical argument to the point where they're able to recognize, oh, that's logically true or false, but then still somehow gets back in a tizzy. There's some story being told there. There's something that's coming back to, and it's like this built-in guilt or something. And that's kind of what it looks like and feels like on the outside. But then I started thinking about this avoidance thing and the fact that, you know, how many ways parts of our society have figured out how to avoid directly addressing, discussing so many of these really dark, horrible things like child labor and slavery and XYZ things. Um <laughs> And our avoidance has allowed all of this to persist and why we still don't have a method. We still don't have the ability. And the education system is not something that teaches you to seek the truth because heaven forbid, <laughs> if you did seek the truth, it could be quite depressing, demotivating, or maybe overly motivating. It might motivate you against the power structure. Well, look at that. I mean, if you want an example, let's look at the Chinese government and how they emphasize their education system. It's not a creativity-based education system. You actually are rewarded for memorization. You, you memorization and, and passing the test perfectly. Even their essays, it's better to remember the structure and the, like the original intent and go with that original essay structure almost to memorization rather than actually creating something new and different. Um, it's obsessive, and that's and, and it's sense to create that sense of order in society. And, and we have a similar thing. Our, ours is not as dangerous because there's not enough funding, but the, it is it is obviously um, it, it's a mechanism. It's a mechanism to keep us, um, if not if not ignorant, to definitely keep us. Um, well, it's an it is the it feeds the assembly line when yes, we're assembly you. lines, right? I mean, I don't know how many assembly lines we really have left anymore in this country industrialization-wise, but the education model we've been operating on is the one that feeds the industrialized system. 
and we don't really have that anymore. We have a lot of knowledge work um, and we have vocational work, right? We still build houses and put in plumbing and electrical. And I was, you know, we don't have enough electricians. We don't have enough uh, people to build houses. Like there's like fundamental things that people can be doing that add value to society, right? And that's not necessarily where we direct people's attention to. And, and so there's this huge problem because so many things have become entrenched because of self-interest. And so this is where unions kind of play a role and anti-government aspects of things um, play a role, right? Because you've got the DeVosses of the world who believe in private education, privatized education, um, which is problematic for the same reasons that uh, healthcare being privatized is problematic. Um, especially if there's a common good to come out of something like that. And I, I would argue that how we, <laughs> how we train people to operate in society and how to operate themselves, like we're born into these biological mechanisms that we don't really understand. And we, we aren't really taught about them, how they work, how the brain works, how our physiology works. We've only recently come to understand it the way we do. But now that we do, don't we owe that knowledge to the next generation so that they don't have to spend so much time relearning it, but they can be learning the next thing that we don't know. Um, but yeah, the system like got frozen in time, feeding factory lines, workers to factory lines that aren't here anymore. And we really need to take a step back. And part of the reason why it hasn't changed is because, hey, people are just trying to keep it alive because, every you know, there's people who want to defund public education. And then, you know, the other side of that is, is kind of this union structure about things. So there's this whole livelihood aspect for teachers and stuff that's glommed onto. There's an employment side to the schooling system, right? And that's not a vested interest of teaching people to learn. Right. So there's all these external factors that aren't related to the true core deliverable or mission we should have, which is helping people understand how to understand themselves in the world around them and find the best way to operate in it and return value to it. That's what we all want to do. I think intrinsically. But we don't we don't have we don't have a, a system set up to do that. But and and why not? Again, why not? Because it's it works for a lot of people the way things are now. It works, well, it works very for the people well. in power. Yeah, I mean, we already see that that most times the board and the and the and the actual teachers unions are not in the same place. So that shows you that there's something's not working there, that there's not a mutual interest. Why would a board whose sole interest is the organization, which essentially is the teachers, that why would they be at odds ever? So no. whose salaries are being protected? Whose livelihoods in that system? Exactly. Yeah, administrators, they're upside down. They make so much more than the people who are actually delivering the product. Right, like triple digits, I think. I'm sorry, six figures in comparison, right? So mm -hmm. it's ridiculously more than the teachers. And oh, you can say all kinds of things like tenure and they, they've been, they have their doctorates, et cetera, et cetera. No, 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 no. There's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, taking a step back, it's a, it's a systemic thing, right? So it's not like, oh, you just tweak this or tweak that. It's like, no, no, actually let's figure out a, let's come up with something that actually solves the problem. We have to redefine the problem. The problem isn't getting kids ready to move to the factory bell um, and the assembly line. And, you know, also not to learn snippets of factoids to line up in series. L memorizing certain facts and information is not actually going to make you successful in life. But it is. But it is, Michael, because that's what they want. Because if the Reddit war has shown us anything, everyone at the top was really shocked when people figure things out. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought our schools were ineffective. How did they learn? How did they organize? They understand short sale. Who taught them short sales? Schools, schools, take so their true. funding away. No, it was we the have. internet. It was probably the internet. Wait a no, minute. Turn it Shut off. I've been saying for decades to turn the internet off. It's ridiculous. I don't even use it. <laughs> too much that's a rich person 
Oh my God. Yeah. I slipped over to England there for a little while, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> oh yeah. So there's, there's a lot to be fixed in education. Um, not even just education. I mean, just how, how the systems that we've set up for people to be able to learn, because the other aspect of it is that's so silly. We don't have the lifelong learning model. Oh, you go to school, you go to high school, you finish high school, you get a degree, you do this, you do that. Like it's a, it's a very um, a fixed thing and it's usually associated with a point in time. And at the end of it is a piece of paper or something, which is an industrialized way to think about it. Holy industrialized way, because learning is lifelong. You think anybody living in the bush stops learning, you die. Right, right. So this you, idea that you just, oh, you go through this stage gate, you get to this part of the process. Oh, now you're done. Off the assembly line, in the box, get your label, move on. <laughs> that is just not what we need. It's not what anybody wants. And I think by now we know better. Um, and this COVID thing is really, I mean, it's a fantastic stressor in the sense that it's going to show the weaknesses, the vulnerabilities in all of our systems well, right now. It's a shame that it's had to get here, but the fact that internet, um, the luxuries, right? Having an iPad, a personal computer at home, having internet, those types, and having an area to do your schoolwork at home, those luxuries don't exist in certain communities. And that's the only reason we're talking about it now. And so that's a really important thing as well. This education system is ineffective because the places that need the most education don't have it. Mm -hmm. They don't have the funding, right? Because we tie it to we tie it to the location, to the, the property taxes or whatever your excuse is, right. whatever excuse you've made in the legislature of your state or your local city council to justify your evil ways. That's not fair. You say, oh, no, no, of course you have a better home. You deserve a better school. What? <laughs> Why? You can afford if you wanted a private school for your child, you can you can have them do that. Well, I. Mm. Yeah, the, the property tax situation, all of the, there's so many of these structures that are just designed. They're just new ways, new fences, you know, new turns in the maze. New red lines. New red lines. New chains, new cuffs. You know, the 13, 13th, what was that documentary on Netflix? Man, I... I can't go, I got to go back to that one again. I always think about it, 13th, because that's the documentary that paints slavery all the way to today and shows, you know, it paints the picture of all the power structures that have evolved to supplant slavery. So, you know, you, you killed one thing and then it just went, it broke off into multiple other, like metastasized, like cancer, right? So once cancer leaves the original organ and then it starts traveling through your blood and attaching to other organs and spreading throughout your body that's what happened i mean that's why we have that's why we have people march we have people ready readily available to march on our capital to this day um and why so many black people are in prison right and so few have access to education a proper uh, uh, you know access to have just a chance to understand even the system that they're in. Um, but no, no, <laughs> see, that's, that's not the point, right? The point isn't actually to help anybody. It's to try and keep people where they're supposed to be. To keep the cast in play and the system that, and it's strange because we, we love the constitution here and, and that is the constitution was designed to take down the very thing that's still fighting us it's like it never went away. It just changed its form. It's different now. It has a different skin and it's, and it's, it's not one person out of England anymore. It's many people right at home. We have domestic terrorists both at the base and at the top. We, we've got challenges here because we have people hurting us um, using whatever means they can to sh affect the system. And, and they think they're doing good. Again, those people at the top believe that they're doing some I, I mean they must right they must think that hoarding 
billions of dollars is doing some kind of good and, and not funding education with those billions of dollars is doing right by people. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a story that's being told up there and it's being believed and in the environment that they're in, there isn't anything to wake them up or oppose them in that view. You know, just by the nature of being a human doesn't put you in touch with the human condition. It's suffering, you know, it's being in touch with your suffering and the suffering of others because we all suffer. That is the human condition. Well, I mean, from what I hear, the billionaires are going to really suffer if we give a 2% tax on their dollar. So that's, you know, they can feel a little of that suffering then I hear, because that's the, that's what I hear, like that, that 2% tax we're pushing on the billion dollars, every dollar over, what is it, once you hit, um, let's say 50 million, they yeah, start everything over 50 million. Yes, yeah. so like, first so 50 get, million, you know, it's pretty much yours. Good luck. I mean, who can live on 50 million, but. Well, that's a struggle. That's what I'm worried about. I think it's extremely, that's very, when I get to 50 million, I'm really worried because how am I going to survive once I cross that threshold? You know, like I, I just, so I'm going to try to stay below 50 million, I guess. <laughs> well, when I have that problem, we'll talk about it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, with that, I think it's a good time to hear a word from our sponsor. Citizen Do Good. Even though you've heard it before, it is still true. The war is never over and every battle counts. I know you are tirelessly demonstrating good citizenry on the daily through actions and words, and you donate your time and your money to causes that count. Thank you. At Citizen Do Good, we want to empower all citizens to participate in their republic in a reconstructive way. With a goal in mind, with that goal in mind, we need your help to stay on mission and grow this community. Please rate the podcast with five stars on iTunes through the app on the web or in your app. If you don't feel like you can give us five stars, let us know why on our sponsor's Facebook page, Citizen Do Good. Like the page to help us out even further while you're there. Also, make sure you join our newsletter at citizendogood.com. You'll get updates every couple of months on all of our antics, not just the podcast. While you're there, check out the shop with your favorite merchandise, and you could put a project contribution in your cart while you're there, which will just help fund this podcast as well as the other projects that Citizen Do Good has in the hopper. Feel free to share any suggestions you have directly through our Contact Us page at citizendogood.com. Thanks for your support. So, Ray, maybe we want to segue. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about education. I, I think um, another time we can maybe spend a little bit more on some solutions because one of my other favorite podcasts, you know, ours is our, my favorite, but there are other favorites too. <laughs> One of them being Future Hindsight. Um, they had recently uh, featured someone who was being interviewed on some ideas about what the future of education should look like, kind of in its best way. And it's really interesting to hear some of these cutting edge thinkers out there, people who have been studying this stuff their entire lives, coming to radically similar conclusions who would have thunk it to steal your phrase right i mean teach people how to problem solve teach people how to interrelate teach people how their hardware works right because the hardware we have was born and operated in a very different environment than we have now and we still struggle with that um you know most of us do people behavioral health right uh, mental health should start early in education when, it, when a child has an outburst you know help them understand that help them understand what they are and that everything we all have these different various choices is it going to change a child in a day no but if that's the education system right the system is really good at disciplining children you get punished there's a little system usually for punishment we have all these mechanisms that we put children in as soon as they hit the education block 
in kindergarten, we had the, the red light system. I don't know what, you know, not everyone had that. There were different systems, like put your name on the board and a check mark, right? Yeah. And then they call your mother. But those same routines and systems can be enforced in, in better ways and proactive ways. So we only punish. But what about the proactive behaviors? Hey, you helped your teammate. You helped your friends clean up after you were done with yourself. You know, you see that as an optional in our education structure, right? The discipline is necessary. The fun yeah. is optional. And we really need a better balance there in our lives and in our education system. Yes. And now that we know so much more about how dopamine works, we should you be designing. Yeah, we don't need drugs. <laughs> Just need design drugs. the environments and the situations and the scenarios in a way that naturally reward desirable behavior, constructive behavior, you know, constructive like just, thoughts, you know, and so teach exciting. us how to manage our thoughts. Yeah. You like help the kids and you, you do things to make a celebration. You, you find out what motivates people and you reward them with that. And you, and it's not monetary and it's not a toy and it's not tangible, right? Yeah. It's, it's a group celebration. I just imagine you know, Something intrinsic too to an individual potentially just depends. Yeah. yeah, it's it's, and you know even in the economics of it all, the economics and the education side because one serves us up to the other, and so yeah. I don't know. I lost my. Train What's of the thought. case? You know, because I think the thing is the expense, right? So it's, it's going to be a great expense to create immersive experiences for our children. But I don't think you can, if, you're, if, if children don't want to go to school and, and a lot of children don't enjoy school, they don't feel like it's engaging. And that needs to be our gauge from now on, right? We need to spend the money and invest and develop the education system until kids want to get out of the house and go to school, then we've done our jobs. We've yes. done our jobs, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be a chore. You know, the value of it should be just abundantly clear, even to a child. And there should be UBI. So there's no pressure because you'll really know, right? Kids will like, if there's universal basic income, that's just as a fun tidbit. I just like to say that, you know, you really will see children motivated, right? They will want to go to school um, purely because of school. Right now, children go to school because it is part of the system. There's a fear network. There is threat of going to jail if you don't go to school. I heard that when I was a kid. I don't know if you did as a youth, that if you played hooky from school enough that you actually could go to jail. That, that's the way it was in Chandler, at least. I was going to be that's... homeless. You, you want to be homeless? You want to be homeless? You need to go to school so you can get a job. Right, like scare your child, traumatize children into capitulation. <laughs> it's so terrible to me. And, and religion is one degree lower than that. It's even more like, hey, you're going to burn if you do that. Like, hey, right. you're homeless and you're going to burn. And can you imagine what that says to, you know, how people get up on grades? Because, I mean, we're talking about the struggle just to go to school. But for some people, getting anything less than an A becomes grounds for punishment. And that's exceptionally strange. And that is think peculiar it. behavior. <laughs> I know somebody's to say, oh, well, yeah, Michael doesn't have kids. It's like, hmm, yeah, you should just understand humans and human. We all have experiences. Yeah. Oh, it's so tough. It's small humans. I mean, all of this takes this huge restructuring or reframing in our minds. Everything from appreciating the Republic for the whole, for what it's worth, which is a lot, right? To appreciating the value of citizens who are capable and who are learning and are delivering. Like if you think about us as a whole, rather than mine and yours, Mine, 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 mine. That's yours. Mine, mine, that's mine. That's yours. The mine and yours thing is just so limiting. Those are walls. Those are fences. Those are barriers. It's us. We're all on one rock. It's one country. It's one fishbowl of air. And it's one great population of Americans. And who do you want in America? Do you want, do you want America to be a place where, you know, people come and learn? 
learn the most wonderful things about life and build on, on the cutting edge of knowledge and build the cutting edge of what humans are capable of or just rich people and poor people. It's we the people. It's we the people. And it's, it's, it's that all men are created equal, which means all, all men, women are created equal. And that, and the challenge and the thing that's interesting to me is that that era, most of the, if you read any type of written language, written English during that era, it is very hard to interpret sometimes with the different uh, phrases they use and such. But the constitution, even today, is so clear. It seems to me that they were careful, right, to use extremely explicit wording that even today it rings true that we, the people, that we're in control and that all men are created equal and that rings and that was not defined. They didn't say landowners, right? Even though that's the only land, that's all that was given essentially. The constitution's core was that we're free. all of us eventually. Yeah. And it goes back to that, that promise. I mean, we're trying to fulfill the promise that was in the declaration of independence and, you know, it's going to take all of us. I mean, if we want to demonstrate this model, we want to demonstrate the capacity for freedom and not just for a few, not just for a few self-righteous people who feel like they deserve 400, 800, thousands of dollars when they pass go and everybody else can have zero like there's there's a lot of that happening right now it's really scary some of the state legislatures are trying to a lot of the state legislatures are going to be trying to make it harder to vote they're going to be doing potentially more gerrymandering because the federal courts don't have to be involved anymore in overseeing the generation of maps that are used for um, how our votes get cordoned, how our representatives get selected. So brings us back, brings us back full circle why the educational facilities in every neighborhood should be the beacon. They should be the, the center of, of hope, the center of progress, the center of, of mobilization for our neighborhoods. And they're not they look like their neighborhoods. And that is a very simple change that I think we all should agree on is that everyone has a right to the same education, just like the same rights to uh, drinking water. You know, we, Flint, has taught, Michigan taught us that we, we, we have yeah. a right to clean, safe drinking water, things like that. And I think education falls in line with things like that. And, and that's what we really need is to see that shift um, and the dynamic shift to free people, to literally free these neighborhoods. You, unless anyone else has a better idea, what is going to free these neighborhoods other than, other than a solid education? Maybe we cannot agree on UBI, universal basic income, maybe too big, but let's stop and agree that education is pivotal. It is, and it's preparing people to compete and cooperate. It's competition and cooperation. And those are things that's, that scare people, right? Dumb people are scared of cooperation when they already have authority, power, or money. <laughs> um, it's, no, go. It, it was more bad news for everyone. Just, you know, if you, I, I think I've said it in past episodes, but food for thought revisiting, you know, past episodes, uh, the, the, the elite schools are the ones that focus more on education and leadership, right? The, the common schools such as community colleges or more local state colleges are, mm -hmm. are going to just teach you the basics, again, to release you to a factory basics, because that's what accreditation takes. It's just the basics to get you to be a factory worker. But those, those elite colleges with the highest funding and, and, and the most prestigious families, they're teaching you to be a leader. They're not focusing on the basics. They're focusing on those, what they believe are higher ideals because these are the leaders of the country. How does, how does the education system know? And why do they play to it? Something greater is, it, is at work here, right? I can't explain it necessarily myself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the meritocracy. 
Um, so it's like, well, you know, we know how to run it really well and we're not really sure exactly how to open it up and let more people in. So we have to be very cautious about how we democratize the power, how we democratize access to wealth, um, because we're not sure everybody's smart enough or capable enough or interested enough in wielding it. But unfortunately, what they failed to realize is among them are Trump's. Among them are Lindell's. Among them are old money versions of these funny characters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's good and bad among all of us. And just because they don't know which of us to trust really just means they don't, it shouldn't be their choice to make. I think the system should be set up in a way that it gives all of us a fair shot to figure out for ourselves what we really want to do. And what we really want to do, we should be enabled to explore that. So if you want to be a leader, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a CEO, like that's something that you want to be. Ray, you want to be president. Like if there are things that people have an innate desire or drive to be able to want to go do, not being born into the right family or the right trust fund shouldn't be a requirement, right? Or that you weren't born into the right one prevents you from following that path. We know enough now and we're capable enough now to structure a system to provide that opportunity for everyone. So who wants to go into science can go into science. Like I probably would have been an engineer. I either would have been an anthropologist or maybe I would have been some kind of space engineer or something like that. But math overwhelmed me and there were things other things that would get in my head and you know i grew up poor and hungry and everything else so the last thing i felt like i had was like the freedom of time to think about all of those things much less did i even know what was out there how many jobs did you even know existed and and the idea that people should know what jobs are out there is even a little weird but should actually know you know what are the ways that we're spending our time now to to pay forward to move us to move us on the edge the cutting edge of things right or if you want to go build stuff go build stuff um we shouldn't be training people for to be automatons we we shouldn't be training people to go work in factories anymore robots will do factory jobs right we got to totally shift this like people are not supposed to be mechanized we have these big brains that go to waste when we become mechanized. And when I say mechanized, don't I'm not talking about people not going into construction. No, that's great. You have to think hard. You're building a house, you're doing angles, there's math, there's trigonometry, you're working with your hands. There's nothing more natural, there's nothing more human, right, than working with your hands. Um, so, we're, I mean- We're actually preaching it, we return to it, right? Yes. I wanna see more, where are the plastic shops? Where are the auto shops that used to exist in the high schools, right? Where's right. auto class? Yes. Where, where is plastics and woods, right? We need to bring it back and it needs to be the choice. We are a market society. We are a free market society. Live it. Let the children decide. You're telling me, because I was demanding when that career advisor came into elementary school and said, what do you want to do? You know what I said? Ah, uh, politicals, I want to be, be in politics. What, what can I do? And then, oh, we don't really have anything for you. So you can't tell me that the, the schools cannot systematically prepare for what types of classes, communications training, you know, soft skills. Or <laughs> teach us how to go find that ourselves. It's a bit like the library has True. everything we would ever need to learn. Teach us how to library. learn. Teach us how to figure it out for ourselves. What do we need to do to listen to ourselves, to explore, to experiment, to learn Using from it, move wikis on? and all these different tools that we've developed, right? chat rooms, support group rooms, let the schools be the, the facilitators, which a school should be, <laughs> a facilitator and moderator of all these channels within their halls and, and watch the incubation come alive. Yeah, and forget about it. Maybe we don't have teachers. Maybe we just have coaches for now on. It's just like, maybe it's just yeah. life coaches. Well-paid coaches. <laughs> it's just life coaches well everywhere. Coaches, yeah. I mean, that's what I, I that, that's, the problem is that education is not inspiring. It's not engaging. And, and to be competitive, 
you know, against these countries like, frankly, China, that, that's going to be a huge competitor for the United States as we go forward. And is already showing it because of this whole crisis. Uh, their, their economy is proving to be highly resilient as long as their debt doesn't overcome them. But we're not really allowed to talk about that in the United States. I don't think we have any business talking about anyone's debt. Mm-hmm. But um, if for the most part, they, they've got that unique challenge of their education system is not meant to inspire their people. And we, our education system is in this gooey, weird place that hasn't been changed for over 100 years. And we just have a chance to really pull the rug out and, and leap forward and say, we don't care about test scores because we already don't as the United States. We do horribly. <laughs> this isn't, life isn't about test scores. Life no. is about results and experiences and delivering. Because guess what? When you get to work, for the most part, it's about scores for a very short time in your career, but most of you people evolve past that or, or achieve a level where they're um, creating product or they're doing something different in their careers. Um, but don't let me give it away. You, you were saying that the right, factory is not there. Well, the widget the, thing, like we, yeah, widget, we can't be trained to, to do widget work, you know, right. going forward. The call centers are still the factory, though. Would you agree? Because yeah. the, the call center, the call center, to me, is the only factory that still exists. Anything repeatable. So, yeah. to me, when I think of a factory, and we're using that term very loosely, maybe in the same concept of a car, <laughs> where you know, the, a factory or being a part of a factory is just any place where something's being repeated for a product. The assembly line is always what I think about, and so yeah, a call center is a a very modern example of an assembly line. It's a even. Robotics will take that, yes. and they're ready to. It's just that companies are worried about client and customer adoption. Frankly, yeah. I think most companies would jump right in if they weren't worried their customers would be really upset. That's exactly right. Yeah, and most of those customers are an aging population, and it's going to be interesting to see how demographics change after COVID around the world. And I mean, it's going to change. It's going to upend everything. You're already seeing it, um, especially geopolitically. It's going to be fascinating. And, and our poor children right now, the generation that's suffering through basically no school for a year and then some, when the system they were already in was going to inadequately para- prepare them for what future I don't know to be in with, we really need to work on this thing. Um, and soon... Nope. And the technology hopefully is here. Yeah, and don't go back to what the what it was before because it obviously wasn't working right. If it it was knocked off its heels What's by this enough? pandemic, so it was it, and it shows it was underfunded, undersupported, underappreciated, and now it's a ploy, a political ploy in the system, and and it always has been. But I'm just glad it's extremely clear now that the teachers are not appreciated and the leadership frankly treats them like a pawn because they're saying go back into the classrooms go risk your lives do it do it for me while they sit in their governor's mansions right yeah. it's it's really sickening where's the ppe like why you know yeah. this shouldn't be it's not life threatening in other countries it? it's not life threatening in other countries to do this it's only life threatening here because we're crazy and other countries out there like you know i was hearing about taiwan handled it the best they never really shut down they didn't experience and they have the highest population density one of the highest in the world and they did not shut down so so you you can't tell me that there is not a way to contain things and their children stayed in school by the way well you know that comes down to to culture yeah between taiwan and germany um probably some of the best examples of how to manage things but it requires people to have trust yeah (laughs) right, in one another and in their institutions. And that's the one thing in America we don't do is trust because everything's built on a lie. Everything's built on a lie. We jump in and help each other during crisis. I don't want to take that away from Americans. But why does it have to get so bad? Why does it have to flood? Why do entire cities have to be washed away before we say, oh my, oh my, time to help. We really need to say, oh my, time to help in general, that that's the big challenge to get that cognitive dissonance, right? We we talk about it a lot. You need to bring yourself back into it and realize that this is your world. Just because when you close your door, you feel safe behind it, doesn't mean it's a terrible place. Just because your suburb en- enjoys some sort of uh, a bubble, 
it doesn't mean that uh, it's people aren't suffering outside and that the system is not working for others. Amen. And to bring it back to UBI for you one more time. I love it. Thinking about that idea where, you know, we have coaches and, and they're helping, you know, there's a journey where people are learning how to learn and teach themselves and exploring and what do I want to do and who am I and all of that stuff. And the idea that you can go explore, you can go try, you're going to grow. There's no right answer. And failure is an option. It's an okay option because guess what? You're not going to die and you're not going to be homeless and you're not going to be hungry if we have UBI. It'll, it'll free everyone to really explore. And you want to see creativity unleashed. I mean, <laughs> the cutting edge of the future could have been here decades ago. The future could have been here decades ago if things weren't getting messed up and hosed up for the sake of this meritocratic BS system that we've been sold. Where they're, no, just leave it to the smart people. Just leave it to those people over there. They're going to take care of everything while they screw it all up and put money in their pockets, right? And then, oh, no, you guys, you just stay in your cast, stay in your lane. No. It's crazy to me. And then you have to look at, and, and you know, if anyone's out there saying, thinking our UBI ideas are 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 pie in the sky idealistic. Well, there's a couple of countries that have, Germany being one of them, that issued a monthly stimulus because of the crisis. And they did not experience the impact that we did to our economy. And just think about that. Germany is, is, is a, an economy, <laughs> the, one of the largest economies in Europe. And we're talking about um, we should be a model or similar to them, I would think. And they are issuing monthly stimulus. Canada, to the north of us, we're such a great country, right? North in the North American sphere. But yet Canada was issuing monthly stimulus to help their citizens through this hard time. And what have we done? And you know who gets stimulus? You know we have debt. We have debt today, and it's not from universal basic income. It's not from helping Main Street Americans. The debt the government is carrying is from rich people tax cuts right you know you where's the money come from listen the money's spent it's already spent the problem is it's just not spent in the right places it's it's given back to the people who have already demonstrated that they don't really deserve it and they definitely don't need it but it keeps them exalted right it keeps them that many more feet above us and away from us and then siphoned from us. So it keeps us where we are. I mean, that's kind of a very scarcity mindset way to look at it. Um, but that's the model that's been structured here is that, you know, well, the trickle down system that been put in place after the 80s is just making sure not too much trickles down. Goodness. But the problem is that there's so much growth and activity at the top that should be shared. They got the equation wrong. They got the equation wrong. They, the trickle should have been a bit thicker then because we should be a little bit higher in the, in the average income for the, the median income for the United States. So something yes. they got wrong. I don't yeah. know what you did wrong, but you did it wrong. You have too much. And I don't know what it's what they must be thinking. I don't know if they think that everyone is stupid and won't see it. I, I just don't know. They just think the system's working great because they're amazing and they're rewarded and we must be idiots because we're not. Well, and especially if they're at all, at all, or, you know, feel like they're ordained because you do have that challenge to people that believe that they, it belongs to them or yeah. it was, it's special. It's something their family. They worked was, hard. Was given to. They're blessed. You know, their work, their hard work is so much more valuable than anybody else's hard work somehow by some miracle. Because they've never met anyone like themselves. They're so exceptional. Right. And that's always the challenge is that you meet those individuals who are like, well, I must be. Like, why would I be here? Well, they have to justify it for themselves because, again, avoidance. We don't, we're uncomfortable. The truth is uncomfortable. You know how uncomfortable it is for rich people to admit that they're rich (laughs) in a way? I mean, unless they're in a room among their peers bragging about it, they feel very safe. But, you know, if any of them was to just kind of walk around with any knowledge that somebody might recognize them or something, it could become a problem. I mean, they know that. So anyway, we digress. 
We education. Digress. But yeah, education, UBI, like all of these things, the whole point is to help us pursue happiness. I mean, that's what this thing is all about. And we all deserve it. We're all humans. We're all born with a brain and we're all born capable. And if anybody's smarter than anybody else, it's because they've been able to invest more in their knowledge. I just, I just thought of something. It's revolutionary, I think. Uh, so, you know, since there will be universal basic income, we should build a strong foundational education system that provides people the knowledge. So when they're ready and they receive their UBI when they're 18, they'll be prepared with the proper skills to vote, uh, prepare their taxes, uh, and participate in political government, uh, get a job, complete a resume. I got an idea. How about we Start make a, a deal with UBI Start a company, you know, do the foundational aspects of starting company. What, so I, I, maybe we can make that work. So if we promise with UBI, we also build a strong education system so they don't misuse it, rich people. You're right. They're going to misuse it. So let's yes. build a strong education yeah. system at the base and then we'll give them UBI. Oh, compromises. Exactly. Because they, you're right. They prove the model. Well, if you don't teach people how to manage money and you give them money, they're not going to manage it well. We and agree with you. We're too stupid. So let's let's double down education system and UBI. Oh, I agree yes. with you, billionaires. Then share I agree. it. Then share it. Show us. How silly of us. Just, <laughs> you know, if we simply just knew what you knew. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately that doesn't work for them we actually have to unrig everything we actually have to implement that fair system that supposedly exists but certainly doesn't it's okay it's okay don't worry old rich people if we implement it today it won't be effective for at least 18 years really when you think about it so you're fine you're fine oh with that i think that might be a wrap for more information on this and other episodes, head over to citizendogood.com and click on podcast. While you're there, register to log in and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from the community. We've been your hosts. Thank you to Mr. Raymond Wong Jr. And thank you to Mr. Piscatelli. That coffee was actually pretty good. Even with no cream. <laughs> uh, this has been something for sure. And special thanks to you, our listeners. We save the best for last. You are the best and have been for years. Thank you for your support. We know it's painful and we love you. Intro music sampled from OK Class by Ozzy Jocks under a Creative Commons license through freemusicarchive.org. Other music provided royalty-free through Fizzly and Studios, Inc.